Welcome to the latest episode of the Brushholders Union podcast. I'm your host and general president of the Brushholders Union, Simon Berman. And this week I am joined, or month I should say, I'm joined by the one only Dan Vanderkoy of Iron Buffalo Gaming and Coffee in New York State. How are you doing, Dan? Hey, I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Pretty good. Got my uh, my first vaccine shot yesterday, so pretty excited about that. Excellent, excellent. I am uh, I am working on baking all those antibodies on round two right now myself. Oh, nice. Good for you. Yeah, it's been, it, was, it was good. It was a really, really nice big mass vaccine site here in Washington, and uh, it was easy, and uh, so far I had a sore arm hole, right? That's about it. <laughs> I saw that. It was practically drive through it, it literally was a drive through Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, like they had like six, six to eight lines of cars and like, you know, sort of like metered in groups of like, I don't know, maybe 10 cars at a time in each line and like you'd go up and, you know, they do your shots. It was, it was, it was a good experience. Very, very fast, really, really quick and easy. Awesome. Yeah. So I don't know, it feels like, it feels like maybe there's an end in sight, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk to you, man, because, uh, you know, you're a fellow brush wielder, uh, so it's always nice yes. to speak to them on the podcast and you're a store owner. I, I realized I had actually spoken to a, a local game shop owner um, on the podcast. I think that's a great perspective to kind of discuss for everybody listening. Cause it's, you know, they're, you're all pillars of the community. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it definitely gives an interesting perspective both to the pandemic and also to just hobbying, you know, uh, being able to order things at wholesale costs, like really, really, it's like just, a constant little voice in your ear, like, it's not that bad. It's just yeah. another thousand points <laughs> primaris, man. Like, you've got this. Yeah, I'm sure. So, so to clarify, so you're, you're an operator to Iron Buffalo, and that's in uh, right. in Buffalo, New York? Yeah, so technically, we're on the we're in Amherst. If anyone who's semi-local, we're on the edge of Amherst in Buffalo. Um, yeah, we are, we're a, you know, friendly local game store. We are also a cafe. Um, and, um, also, you know, we handle comics and other collectibles. Right on. And, you know, you've been a, you've been a big figure in gaming communities for a long time. You were doing beer machine podcast for uh, war machine hordes for a long time, right? Yeah. uh, Yeah. Uh, did beer machine for a few years. Uh, well, few years for me. Um, I, uh, I hopped on and started riding their coattails running, uh, IKRPG, which was fantastic. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, um, and actually right now, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Menoth John, uh, sure. but, uh, yeah, uh, Menoth John painting with Menoth John is, uh, running mothership for the beer machine crew right now. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. Nice. So is, is that, was that crew kind of how you got into being involved in running a game shop or was it those disparate? Uh, that, yeah, that was, it, I just kind of fell into it. So I, uh, I had my stint in corporate America um wasn't a big fan of it uh got some interesting background under my belt some operations management and then some international distribution brokering and uh yeah it wasn't i could do the work but the environment was never a good fit for me sure so um i was doing some consulting outside of like no day job just doing consulting trying to make that work um and then a i I walked into a game store and i met someone who I hadn't seen in a couple of years, a friend of mine who was like, Hey, if you happen to be free, can you fill out a couple weekend shifts? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, uh, that was the, uh, handshake and the devil's deal. And I was in. <laughs> That's cool. And it, yeah. How and from there, I do that. Uh, that was, uh, early 2019. So the store opened in 2018. Um, I joined the team early 2019 and just started absorbing responsibilities as things needed to get done. Sure. 
So, um, before we get too far into like what is like running a game shop these days, especially these days, I suppose. Uh, what is your background in gaming? You know, how did how did you get involved in miniatures gaming in the first place? And oh, right. Yeah, so my actually my intro into miniature gaming started with role playing games. Uh, I got into D and D, you know, when I was when I was younger in the nineties, um, and then uh, from there, of course, for D and D, I started acquiring miniatures. Uh, someone introduced me to uh, Warhammer forty k off of that, and I haven't been able to stop since. Sure. Uh, I had a I had a hiatus from uh, Warhammer forty k for War Machine. Uh, for a few years. Uh, now I do both to the lament of my pocketbook. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that that's how I got into miniatures. That's how I got into uh, tabletop miniature gaming is through RPGs and just just generally getting more into tabletop gaming and whatever variety is available. Sure. So it was uh, it was what, what was it like making the transition from you just being a gamer to just somebody who worked in a game shop for you? I, I think a lot of us have had that. Well, I haven't personally, but I know a lot of people end up working at least a couple hours at a game shop here and there. But, you know, did, did it did it change your perspective on things much? It definitely did. Uh, w- when you're a, when you're a customer, when you're a consumer, you generally don't think of like basically how things get to market. Like you don't you don't think of how many moving pieces there are in the game industry. And you just look at like, you know, oh, I can get things on Amazon for 20% off MSRP, uh, you don't really think that like of what that 20% MSRP pays at your local game store sure. or other parts of the hobby. Um, nothing wrong with buying things online, actually. I'm not one of those guys that's like, if you don't support your local store, well. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, that that was the big eye-opener for, for me was realizing... Um, just how similar to other industries the game industry was. So like I did some, um, I, I worked for for a someone on a consulting basis for uh, coffee and tea distribution brokering. Um, you know, get get literally get tea from Sri Lanka, send it to South America for processing, um, have a contact in Costa Rica who handles everything down there, bring it in through Miami, pack it in the U.S. Like. Um, and they have the exact same three tiered system that you see in bars and restaurants and that you see in the gaming industry. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it was just the eye opening thing for me was seeing, um, how similar to other industries it is and how lax the business standards are actually. Yeah, that's certainly uh, true. It's, it's true even on the manufacturing side to some extent. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I, not to not to get ahead too much, but like, I mean, you see it with even the biggest companies like Games Workshop. Uh, their biggest holdup for production last year was paper printing. Mm-hmm. Like, they could do production on their miniatures all day, every day, and hit their mark, uh, but they didn't have packaging or inserts, mm-hmm. so things got delayed. Yeah, it's 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 I think far more complicated than people realize it at, at every possible. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And then you throw a global pandemic uh, on top of it and uh, <laughs> get a little out of whack. Yeah. I I'm, I'm actually very impressed with how the game industry as a whole has handled the pandemic. I mean, there's, there's obviously issues. Um, I am certainly not someone who can say that I've never been part of the problem, but um, it's man, it could have been so much worse. Sure. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I was expecting a lot more game shops to go out of business over the pandemic, and that certainly some have, but it was it was less than I anticipated this time last year. Yeah, I mean, well, it's also what shops have gone out of business. Uh, there, in my experience, there have been a number of shops that have closed, but the ones that I've seen for the most part have been ones that were already yeah. winding down and looking at how to basically close out and retire or looking to transition to new ownership. Um, for example, like. Uh, I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but um, around um, around around the end of 2020, uh, Wizards of the Coast announced exactly how much their um, WPN stores had shrunk, like how many that were no longer in existence. And I just remember it was it was staggering. Like it was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it was above 5%, if I remember correctly, oh, over, wow. the whole, over, right. <laughs> over the whole network. Well, and yeah. it's, well, the other thing is, like, you know, you, you and I both are in areas with a lot of game stores. Certainly true. You know, so it's, it, it, if one goes under, we don't feel it quite as much as a community. Sure. Um, so that definitely plays into it as well. Well, I will say actually, the shop that went out of business last year around here, which I really, which really hurts me, was uh, was Panzer Depot, which was a, a tiny shop that specialized really only in historical miniatures gaming, and you know it, it was highly specialized. I'm, I'm amazed they stayed in business as long as they did, but you know it, it was the kind of old school shop that you know it's never going to be replaced. Nobody's ever going to make one like it again, and that that definitely was a bummer. Yeah, and well, and so actually, as someone who's operating a game store, that's something I uh, I think about a lot is our own community presence and uh, what role we fill because those those you know more old school game shops, uh, no one's opening new ones of those. Like yeah, you know, the, it, it, it was a relic in the first place, right? But it was it was it was a beloved one. Yeah, and well, and and. A, the thing is a lot of the business a lot of the way that those shops do business doesn't work anymore yeah um but the aesthetic is is still fantastic like that's what i love um, and, you know, and if you play those specialty games like you know there's something really specific you know like being able to go to a place that's going to sell you six millimeter sci-fi you know ray gun era miniatures right like otherwise you've got to get them online you got to find them but you know if you want to go look at some weird stuff it's a great place to go and you know Oh, it, that kind of that kind of shopping experience is just it's 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 almost completely gone at this point. Well, it it means everything too. Like being able to walk into so that's what that's why I said yes at Iron Buffalo is I walked into the store, and it was one of the first stores I'd walked into in years where I didn't want to immediately leave. Now my standards are really high, and I am a huge jerk, uh, <laughs> but um, that that's what hooked me. Um, it was a community I wanted to be a part of. And, you know, that, that mean community means a lot to me. Like I'm not, I'm not in operating a store for the money. If I was, I'd be making a horrible mistake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm here for the community and I, you have to have a good store to really have a good community. You can substitute it with other things. You can have a great gaming club, which is a great substitute. Like there, there's other ways of doing it, but the easiest way, the best linchpin for a community is a store that caters to what folks want. Sure. So like when, when a smaller store or, you know, a more niche store closes, like that just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> just, just irreplaceable. Um, 
So actually, tell me a little bit about Iron Buffalo. Uh, so is, is it kind of your, your generalist game shop then? You know, do you, do you, have, you have a cafe? You have, what, what's it like there? Yeah, so um, we are a, so we are a, we look high end. We're basically a boutique in a shoebox. Um, okay. Our store is not very large. Our total square footage is, I think, around 2,000 square feet. And that's play space, shelf space, our office, um, like everything. Um, and it's about evenly spit, split between like what was play space, because we don't have any of that right now, um, with, and then retail space, as well as our coffee counter. So the, the store itself is is a little generalist, but we have gaps. So we haven't gotten really into miniatures gaming because we haven't really had the space. And we focus on um, smaller or more specialty games. So like X-Wing, Legion, Star Wars Legion, um, you know, Marvel Crisis Protocol. Uh, those all fit on a smaller table. Sure. Um, or it can be played at a smaller scale. So we focus on that. We're only in the pandemic did we actually get into Games Workshop games, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we're, when we're, we spent most of the pandemic curbside only. So yeah. if, when you're curbside only, you don't need to worry about your play space, bring sure. in whatever you think people, you know, are going to want to buy. Um, beyond that, uh, comics has been interesting. Um, we stopped ordering uh, new release comics prior to the pandemic um, because of supply chain issues with them. And um now that's kind of that's kind of changing and we're looking at bringing them back around like october which oh, wow. is we never considered it again uh it's 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 a whole nother industry just that you stack on top of everything else um so yeah like we're we're multidisciplinary in terms of like what category we fall under which of course made operating the pandemic hard because we're in multiple business categories yeah. as a cafe retail like which rules do we have to follow the answer is all of them unfortunately right. <laughs> but um yeah so so yeah like we didn't really have a lot of miniature gaming um with role playing games we generally stuck to D&D and big name titles now I'm be I'm allowed to get weird and I'm bringing in a ton of like indie zines because cool. well the the great thing is is that now you have uh, smaller indie distributors that are popping up for these zines sure so like basically if you go to a website that uh, offers you a wide selection of like small scale creators stuff you can probably wholesale it as a retailer. So, like, I'm able to get stuff that, like, even 10 years ago, people would be like, where did, did you, did you get that at a convention? Like, who <laughs> makes this? Yeah. Like, and it's stuff that's, bi- that's getting big name now, like Mothership, or, uh, I'm going to say it wrong, uh, please forgive me, Johan, um, uh, uh, Merkborg. Yeah. Um, like, man, I, I can get Merkborg at one of the big three distributors now. That's oh, fantastic, man. you know? Um, so we're bringing in stuff like that. We're also bring, now we're starting to bring back in more, um, more impulse buy things. So like dice, lots of dice. I am definitely a, uh, dice goblin. I want yeah. them all, <laughs> uh, you know, we're bringing in higher end stuff now too, like gemstone dice. And that's really, that's cool. really hard on my self control. I'm sure. <laughs> so, so before we get, we get too deep into what you carry on it. So when you, you said you 
you were impressed by the place because the first time you went in there, it was a game shop that you didn't want to leave immediately. What what makes a game store that you that that resonates with you that you, you love so much that you want to hang out there and eventually you know become an operator of? Sure. So the the two biggest things are when I walk in, I feel like I could bring anyone that I know into the store and not have to answer concerns that they have. I'm always going to have to answer questions. Like, you know, if, if you bring your grandma into a place and the very first thing that, you know, she's seeing is like a giant dragon and a barely fur clad barbarian, um, she's going to have questions and that's fine. But if I bring them in and I immediately have to start defending why I'm there because it's <laughs> not clean because it has, and there's nothing against these. It's just not my style of store. Like immediately walk in and there's a huge display of cheesecake comic figurines. Like I, like I, I don't want to have to justify my hobby and none of us should have to. Um, So like provide a clean space, provide a space that's upbeat. Like, your community should be excited to be there. Your community should be excited to see each other. You know, and that that was the energy I got when I walked into Iron Buffalo. I went in. It was a very busy uh, Thursday night, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Thursday night. Um, it, the tables were full of X-Wing and Magic. And uh, the owner set up, a, set up another table because they were otherwise out of space um for us to set down and play a uh war machine game sure and you know everyone was super inviting um i saw some folks that i already knew uh you know the coffee was actually good which i really appreciated yeah we really we really lucked out with that um we (laughs) really lucked out there's a local roaster uh typico uh who provides us with all of our coffee and works with us on new blends and stuff and uh, I, any any game stores that is that are just running Folgers in an auto drip pot, sure. like I can I, I can highly recommend reaching out to your local cafes and being like, hey, can we get some of this? <laughs> yeah, I think we're lucky on that in Washington because the, the coffee culture is so big. Nobody, <laughs> nobody would even dare to do that in the first place. Yeah, you know what? You're not wrong. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. I still dream of the reserve roastery at Pike's place. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some good stuff around here. Um, so actually, here's, here's a follow-up question. Um, what is it that, so you mentioned you, what you look for in a game shop is a place that's clean. Obviously that's, that's easy enough. Well, straightforward enough to accomplish whether it's easy for some people or not is a different question, but, uh, and, you know, in, inviting a place that, you know, um, makes people want to be excited. What, what, what do you, what, what does iron Buffalo do to, to accomplish that? Right. So as far as cleanliness goes, it's harder than it seems it should be. Uh, Game stores tend to be very product dense by nature. We're trying to cram as much product as we can in as small space as possible so we can provide as much play space as possible. Uh, So it tends to be stuff where it's very labor intensive to remove everything from a shelf, dust it and all of that. Uh, We, of course, right, right now, it's literally just the owner and I. Um, and I'm very, very lucky that, I mean, not all owners are like this, but I'm very lucky that will, uh, more than carries, uh, his share of the weight. Um, on the other hand, like 
the two of us cleaning things definitely like i mean we just have a cleaning schedule like as a restaurant we treat it like a restaurant is mm-hmm. basically it um and before the pandemic um we actually had a cleaning service that we hired to basically come in and clean things overnight and all of that sure um yeah so for cleanliness that's it for the for the community it's it's curating your community like if you have people in the community that are causing problems it sucks because you don't want to be the parent or the boss um but it's your community and you should try to solve those problems uh like you know if you have someone who is being verbally aggressive in an event and things like that take them aside and talk to them Sure. You know, if you have someone who is doing things that or saying things that are unacceptable to your vision of the industry, um, like people who are being anti-inclusive, mm-hmm. uh, get them out of there. Yeah. Like they're going to, from a business perspective, they're going to cost you more customers that you don't even know about than they would ever provide you by still being there. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I dealt with that sort of the same situation for, as, a, as a community manager at Privateer Press for many years. And you know, the, the reality that you, you have to accept is that, you know, if you are making a if you're making your place welcome for everyone, regardless of their behaviors and beliefs, eventually it becomes a it becomes a community only for the people with the worst of those things. Right. Because everybody else is going to move on. Right. Yeah. I, Karl Popper was right. <laughs> you know, it's you intolerant, you know, tolerance doesn't extend to the intolerant. It can't. Right, otherwise, that's all you're going to be left with. Everyone else is going to leave. Yep, absolutely. So, I mean, it's just it's just good business at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. Well, and that's what a lot of this is. So, I mean, same thing with uh, pandemic safety. Um, I'm probably skipping ahead a little bit, but it's you know, uh, pandemic safety, wearing masks, and other security uh, policies are it's good business. It's not political. It's about safety. You know, it because at the end of the day, if, you know, the owner and I are sick and incapacitated or dead, we can't sell things. Right. We can't provide for a community. And if our community is incapacitated or, or dead, guess what? They're not spending money. Yeah. Like, I can't sell things to dead people. That, that does seem to be a, a truth of the universe. Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I think it's all really good advice. So, so I mean, um, as far as like, leading your community what 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 goes into that at iron buffalo or i guess you probably have se- several communities right because i imagine your, your magic players and your your right players so, aren't necessarily the same people so you're, you're you're sort of managing a number of just disparate communities that may have some overlap but have their own needs and desires yeah absolutely and a lot of that is uh empowering the people who step up to manage those communities for us we have some amazing uh community managers um who take care of new product announcements and events really for us. Um, you know, we, we do what we can for them. Like, you know, we give them discounts, free entry to events, things like that. Um, because they're not on our payroll. Um, we also don't ask them to do this. They just sure. do it cause they love the community. Um, but that that's it. You know, it's like, so for example, I'm going to make an example out of our, uh, Dragon Ball super, uh, community manager. He's fantastic. He's amazing. Uh, he keeps us apprised of new products that are coming out. If I, that are coming out, if I drop the ball, um, I don't play the dragon ball super, uh, TCG. So unfortunately I drop the ball more often than not. Um, 
I know the schedule, but I often don't know what's hot in a set. Like, I don't know what the community is going to be looking for. So we rely on him to inform us of that. And the other part of that is also relying on him uh, for guidance for the community. Like, something that happened um, not that long ago, uh, a couple months ago, uh, was uh, Dragon Ball Super, the TCG, hit a huge bubble. Um, collectors started realizing, well, investors realized that they could scoop up old product and it would appreciate in value relatively well. Mm-hmm. And it meant that for the first time ever, the market value of new releases was above MSRP. Interesting. Which priced a good chunk of our local community out of the game. Oh, wow. Now, we, of course, don't want to feed into flipping and scalping and things like that. And we we have a website with a web store. We don't ship. It's local only, but still. Um, so what we would do is we gave – we priced at what would prevent people from wanting to flip it. We priced at market. And then we offered a discount code in a closed community group for our local community debt back down to msrp oh that's great um because we we were going to make enough to justify that on the people who were buying it who weren't part of our community it was a hot enough product that we were able to subsidize selling to our community at a reasonable rate by selling outside of the community for some of it sure and that goes a long way because no one ever has to spend money with us like there, there are very few things that we can get that are actually exclusive. Sure, and that that has to go two ways. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that kind of personal interest from uh, the store owners and operators to individual customers is it really can't be overstated. You know, um, for example, to give a shout out to you know my local game shop, which is uh, Terra Crux Games here in Tacoma, Washington. Um, you know, Doug, the owner, we're, we're friends on Facebook. He's a really good dude. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I had posted some dumb meme I made about uh, Cursed City, the new Warhammer Quest, uh, before <laughs> it came out. And, uh, you know, b- before it was even up, you know, Doug had reached out to me like, hey, I saw you post about that. Do you, do you want me to put you down for a pre-order? And, like, you know, he, he knew what I wanted. He reached out to me in advance. And, you know, it, it, that, I, I really appreciated that kind of, you know, personal touch and, and consideration for me as, as, a, as a customer and a friend. And, that, you know, I, I can't overstate how much loyalty that makes me want to, you know, I, I want to send other people to that shop. And I want to keep going back and supporting it myself. And, you know, I, I hope when uh, people experience that from a game shop owner that they'll, they'll, you know, return the, the feeling in favor and kind. Yeah. And that's, that's actually, that's something that ramped up a lot um, because of the pandemic too. Um, with uh, a lot of stores closing temporarily, um, especially in our area. Um, Cause we had a, we had full lockdown for a couple of months um, with stores closing temporarily, the personal and the professional kind of got blurred. Um, like, you know, owners began fielding questions directly from customers rather than, um, you know, having staff or just like a general store page or contact form handle it. And it's kind of stayed that way. Yeah. Um, and that connection, actually, a lot of folks realize that that connection has a lot of value to the store, but it also just makes a better store. You're more in touch with your customers and you're able to provide for them what they, you know, actually want rather than sure. what you think they need. Yeah, it's, it is. I mean, I, I still do it. Um, I have always maintained a policy of like, if someone reaches out to me directly answer, then correct. As in like, I'll answer the question and then direct them to the store contact info for future questions. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a huge time sink. Like, uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that most of these stores, like, I'm I'm really glad that uh your store reached out to you, um, because it's it's really hard to find time to do that because like. Yeah, it's an I mean, unending well to draw from. Like absolutely. I get messages from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day. Like they're always waiting, and we are not a big store. So yeah, I mean, and that, that's what really impressed me. Is, you know, having having done professional community management for a, a game company, um, where you know everybody, it's it's work answering questions, and you know, and it, it's it, it really goes above me all that you know I didn't reach out to him; he reached out to me, right? Like yeah, that that, that really impressed me, and you know, it, it made me made me very loyal to the store and it gave me a lot of good feelings about him and, and his, his shop and his staff and everything because it's 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 work managing community and you know it's, it's a tremendous amount of work just fielding the questions let alone going out of your way to to you know anticipate your customers needs and that's 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 really incredible um, i thought yeah i i agree and, and so during the pandemic that actually for a long time uh that was the bread and butter of our business um because like <laughs> so when here, I'm going to start with something else. So, uh, when the pandemic hit us mid-March, uh, in 2019, like operations came to a screeching halt, like during the first lockdown in our area, we couldn't even do curbside for the first couple of months. And then it was a gray area for a couple of months. Like, so like restrictions weren't really clearly communicated. All the different stores had different understandings. So we're doing different things. Customers had no idea what was or wasn't allowed, uh, none of us knew what actually was safe um, at the time. And, and I mean, still, we don't even know what's actually safe. We just know some things that are definitely not safe. Um, so we had to pivot hard and pivot fast because our entire business model of getting people in the door, the whole idea is you get people for us, our business model was you get people in the door, you provide a good, clean space, you provide the fun and have things available so that if they feel like buying something, you have something that anyone would want. Sure. That doesn't work when people can't come in. Um, so, you know, we we're small, so we're nimble, you know, we can change our business plan without destroying the entire thing. And part of that was existing entirely on our pre-existing inventory and pre-orders for about nine months, we didn't bring in anything that a customer hadn't already promised to buy. Sure. And reaching out to customers and them being um, willing to have us reach out to them and be like, Hey, this came up, this just solicited. Are you, uh, are you actually interested in this? You know, cause I can get it 15 messages later. Are you sure? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's definitely a different way of a uh, different way of operating. Yeah. So, I mean, so, you know, when, when the pandemic hit in last March, um, you, you basically, you, you shifted to being sort of a, a, a customer forward. I, I'm trying to, what, what a good phrase this is, but you know, you, you, t- you started taking the initiative of asking your customers what they wanted and not just relying on, you know, distributions right. that was coming out. Is that, that's basically a summary of what you what you did? Yeah, pretty much. We, um, so we we basically were more of a i'm trying to find a way to phrase it that doesn't come out as like roaming sales guy um uh but basically we became a contact point for let us know what you're interested in we'll let you know what's out there rather than this is what we have i hope you like it um 
Yeah, like I we we got a website up and running uh in like a week. Uh when curbside was explicitly allowed, we did a complete inventory check and inventory was not our strong suit. Yeah. <laughs> at the time. Uh the general attitude was if it's in the if the barcode's in the system and there's a price attached to it, it's fine. Because the products in the store, you don't really need to know how many you have. Sure. Uh, yeah, that changes when you have a web store. Um, so we added a web store then, um, created a Discord server to stay in touch with our community, and we were more active on social media than ever before. Um, and we had to be. You know, yeah. it, there there was not another option for us. Other stores in our area have the ability to, um, you know, be safer with in-store browsing and things like that. But, like, we don't have the capacity for yeah. an air filter with our HVAC system. We're a shoebox. Sure. Our, we have sealed frame windows. Like, there's there's no way for us to have customers indoors that is not also sharing air with us and everyone else who comes in, even if they're wearing a mask. So that's kind of, like why we have the general plan we have right now, which is luckily New York state enables us to do this. Um, but if you don't have, if you're not fully vaccinated, there's no in-store browsing at the moment. Sure. It's all curbside. Um, you know, we plan to have a soft reopening at some point for general walk-ins. Um, but events are going to be vaccinated only for probably a while. Yeah. And luck and again, luckily New York allows us to do that because with our setup, we are, we wouldn't be able to offer that otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Oh, but you know, it does seem like the the the, the beginning of the end of the pandemic is here at least. You know, um, like talking, you know, we're both getting partially or fully vaccinated at this point. I think more and more people right. are. I, I suspect that's going to start happening pretty rapidly over the next month or two. Um, I think so. That, you know. More and more places, everybody's 16 up can get vaccinated. And I, I think we're going to reach tipping points with it probably by early summer, hopefully. Um, but do you see a lot of these lessons you've learned from or the survival techniques you, that the store um, embraced to survive the pandemic? Um, do you see those being applied forward? Like, do you think you'll still keep being this sort of you're proactively reaching out to customers in the future? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, <laughs> uh, like, I, like I said, I have an operations management background. So anytime we did something, uh, we set up a process. There was no, hey, you just go do this. It was, hey, set up a method that someone who doesn't have any idea how this works is able to follow it. Um, so everything we've done from being able to reach out to customers, a more robust special order tracking system, even just communication with our distributors, because, wow, the number of sources uh, we get product from has ballooned with the really? pandemic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh um so a lot a lot of distributors um kind of either fully or partially shut down. And with that, they were taking less risks in ordering product in the same way that we as stores were taking less risks in ordering product. And because of that, uh for a lot of them, for whole product lines, it's just it's not available in, in the normal sales channel. Yeah. You know? Um, but if you reach out, if you're, if you're as proactive, so if you're proactive with your customers, also be, be proactive with your distributors, um, and publishers and the like, you know, one, one publisher in particular, um, were absolutely fantastic. We couldn't find any of their products, um, between four distributors. 
and it wasn't the distributor's fault. They had they didn't really have high demand for these products at the time. So I reached out to the publisher and they put me in touch with their warehouser. So now the ordering from the warehouser is fill or kill. There's no back orders. There are no pre-orders. Yeah. There's no like there's no niceties. Uh it is exactly what I am used to with distributors outside of the game industry. Um, you know, they are they are gruff. They they are professional, but they are gruff. They don't want to talk to you. They just want your money and for you to right. leave them alone. Um, but now we have that available to us. But it also means like there's a little bit of analysis paralysis there. Like, am I how many people am I ordering from now? Yeah. Um, which adds more work. But again, if you make a process for that, actually track what you can get different product lines for, who is your contact there, uh, you can continue doing this forever. And that's our goal. Like our Discord, uh, our Discord server is staying in place. It's the best way for us to reach out to our community. Yeah. Uh, because it's, it's, it's an open chat, you know? I don't need to struggle with uh, Facebook's advertising algorithm. Right. No, I think it's all really promising stuff. Um, so, you know, as you know, you're talking about um, requiring vaccination to, to play in events in the store and stuff. You know, do, do you think you're going to take that basically like, like, like the way you get carded at a bar? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, our, so our owner, um, actually, he he was a bartender for twenty years. So I've been leaning on him heavily for his advice on how to handle a lot of, uh, you know, those ID issues and things like that because he's already familiar with it. Sure. Um, also, really great guy to have on hand if you do need to throw someone out of the store. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh. uh but yeah, so in, in New York State, we're we're lucky that we have something called Excelsior Pass. I immediately, every single time, think of Stan Lee, but that's something else. Yeah. Uh, uh, it it doesn't work great. Um, basically, if you were not vaccinated at a state site, so if you were vaccinated through your employer, uh, at a pharmacy, uh, you know things like that, uh, or at the VA, like you're not in the New York State system for Excelsior Pass. Sure. But they will fix that eventually, and basically, it's an app. If you've been vaccinated, you go to a website, enter your basic information, it checks it, gives you a QR code. That QR code can stay on your phone, you can print it out, whatever, it's a single day pass, and anyone with the Excelsior Pass app, which is free, um, can scan that, and there you go. There's no personal information beyond the person's name and birth date to verify, sure. with, which is on photo ID, which is what you're supposed to check it with it keeps all of that personal or potential medical data out of there. Um, yeah, so I mean, we're, it's, just, it's just a yes, no, right? Like that's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, green light, red light, that's it. Um, yeah. and we're just checking at the door for, uh, folks who are coming in just like a bouncer at a bar. Sure. I mean, hopefully a little friendlier. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, the other thing is we also, we have, a lot of different ways to buy now like before it was it was before the pandemic it was you walk in the store you buy the product that's it sometimes if you called and got someone who liked you they'd set it aside for you under the counter oh sure that was it but now you can like you can be in bed in your underwear and order something you want to pick up tomorrow I have, in fact, done that for my local gaming shop yeah it's great yeah um, <laughs> uh, and like so Everyone has access to curbside. If you're unable to use a, you know, smartphone or any device like that for any reason, 
Uh, you can also call us. Um, and we will set things aside for people. We also have, um, like we also do virtual, uh, browsing where, you know, we'll connect with someone on like Facebook messenger or discord and do a video call and just walk around having them stare at our face at an awkward angle as we show them all the different products they might like. Um, you know, like there's anyone has access to the products right now and we're going to keep it that way because it's not just about the pandemic. Now we have ways for, you know, people who for any reason can't come into the store or people who have some, uh, you know, visual or, um, you know, auditory, um, you know, disability or impairment of any kind. Um, we now have better ways to serve them. And I don't know why we'd get rid of that. Sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, certainly I, I think, I think, one of these things about the pandemic is, you know, for all the, the terrible things it's done, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's created upheaval in so many industries. And then, you know, the, the, the strategy people have used to, to move into the future, I think are going to stay. I think the, I think the gaming industry in particular is going to be a different world because of that. Yeah. Well, a lot of people, uh, reassessed, uh, what they value, especially yeah. with their personal time. Um, I mean, ho- hopefully, uh, people will still realize that most of their jobs can be done remotely and employers will allow that. Yeah. Um, but as someone who used to be the guy who could decide if someone could work from home or not, uh, I don't, I don't think it's going to go well. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, that, so that's the other thing with the store is, um, I, I, once I got out of working like your standard corporate office jobs, um, I joined up again, uh, with the industrial workers of the world. Like I'm, yeah. I'm a, I'm a wob, you know, and I bring that to the store. Like my title at the store is store coordinator because I'm not going to manage anything, especially not people, you know, anyone who comes to the store, come, you know, to work at the store is working on equal footing because it doesn't work otherwise. And customers also see that. You know, like there, a customer can walk up to me, can walk up to Will prior to the pandemic um, when we had um, more staff. Luckily, those staff, by the way, moved out of the area. It's mm. not like we had to terminate them because oh, of the sure. pandemic. Yeah, it yeah. was just a very bizarre coincidence. Um, so they, um, you know, a customer could walk up to anyone working at the store and get the same level of service. Uh, there's specialties, of course, like, for example, if someone comes up with comics that they want to talk about, I am not the guy. Yeah. Um, that would be a terrible mistake. Sure. Um, I like comics, but you know, oh, Hey, uh, this one says 10 cents. Does that mean a lot? Like I, out of my element, um, magic cards though. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I, I've maintained an interest in magic. I stopped playing in 2010, um, but I've kept up to date. And uh, also it means that I'm pretty good at identifying the differences between like, you know, unlimited and revised and earlier sets where there may be some difficulties in there. Because yeah. those are the cards I'm familiar with. Uh, granted, I played them on like wet grass unsleeved. Uh, yeah. But like, <laughs> you know, I know better now. Um but yeah, it's the store has specialties where there has specialists, but anyone can help a customer the same way. 
Yeah, that, 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 that's, I think it's, <clears throat> pardon me. I think it's great customer service. Um, so here's, here's a question, you know, um, we've talked a lot about, you know, what you can do as a store owner to make the store inviting to people. But I think people who game in stores sometimes forget that, you know, they're part of the community and, you know, if they want the store to succeed, they have a responsibility to that community as well. What do you think people who play in game shops can do as, as um, members of that community to make it a better experience for everybody? Sure. Uh, honestly, communication. Uh, te- whether it's uh, telling staff at the store, like, hey, uh, this is the sort of stuff I'm on the lookout for. You know, if you see anything, you know, I'm in, I'm on the look for big miniatures. You know, if you happen to uh, see a gargantuan Tiamat, I'm looking at you this coming September, um, <laughs> you know, I t- tell me about it. I will buy yeah. it. I will put money down on that. Uh, that is super helpful for your store. Also, being in communication with the other regulars at the store, like running games at your store you know, is a huge benefit to that store. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, we have never been able to fill the demand for D&D DMs, ever. Like, we always have, like, a almost 20-player-to-one DM ratio. So we ended up setting up, basically, a system for, uh, I guess, leveling up players into DMs. But it's... Anything you can do for your store that you already enjoy doing that you can do at your store instead of at home mm-hmm. is great. Because good customers are as much a draw to stores for other customers as good products. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're, if you're, if you're looking to play in a store, you're, not gonna, you're probably not going to be playing with the staff, Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's especially if it's something like Magic. Hopefully, you're not going to have the staff playing. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I, I certainly did in the early '90s when I was a kid, but uh, I think those days are thankfully over. <laughs> um, no, that's 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 great advice. Uh, so here's here, so another question: You know, as as a shop owner, you know, what are you excited about in gaming this year? Or shop oh, man. operator, I should say. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Yeah, that's okay. We got a Google review um, during the pandemic that uh, said, "Man, you know, I came in and uh, I talked to uh, I talked to the owner Dan, and he's a really great guy." And now the actual owner will keeps if people walk up and are like, "Oh, are you the owner?" He's like, "No, that's that." Cause Google says it's this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, every time. Um, there's a question in there that I completely went sideways on. It's all good. Uh, my question was, you know, uh, as a shop operator, uh, what are you excited about coming up in gaming this year? Gotcha. So coming up in gaming this year, um, I am one of those awful operators where I wait till distributors solicit us to really get excited about stuff just because the pandemic is, uh, has really lengthened those delivery times. Um, but the things that are exciting me right now is um, something I know I've talked to you about before, uh, the Dune RPG. I've been waiting for it. I have a ton of pre-orders, which usually doesn't happen with non-D&D books. So I cannot wait for that to get delivered and be on the shelf. Um, in line with that, uh, Zine Quest 3 happened this year yeah. on Kickstarter, and I'm pretty sure I got all of them. Um, so, oh, yeah, it. That's a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so 
another really important thing about uh, operating a store is not being a jerk to the other stores in your area. Mm-hmm. Uh, luckily, in this area, most of us are peers in that we all went to the same stores when we were younger anyway, and now we all work at stores. So, like, we have a really good relationship. Um, but there's another store, uh, there's a store owner in the area who is also just getting into stocking RPG zines on his shelf. Uh-huh. So I reached out to him and I was like, listen, I love these and I want to buy them all, but I don't need 10 copies of this one particular, like, you know, uh, dungeon crawl classics, like supplement for a supplement. Like, yeah. do you want to go have these on these? And he's like, absolutely. Let's do this. So, um, luckily the cost was split. It's not so bad. Um, I also bought a lot for just myself. Um, I don't have the shelf space. Um, thank you, girlfriend, for letting me continue <laughs> living here despite that. Um, but yeah, uh, so I'm excited for all the new indie stuff that is coming out. There's some really fantastic uh, rules light games in particular. Um, I actually just got one uh, called uh, Definitely Wizards. Nice. That I cannot wait to play. It's it's basically um, you're part of the wizarding, wizarding world a la Harry Potter or like the magicians. Uh, but to practice magic, you need to be licensed. And you are not actually a wizard. You're something else. You're like, maybe you're a vampire who's pretending to do magic. Or uh-huh. you're, you know, 2D6 familiars in a trench coat. Sure. Um, and so you're all trying to pass your licensing exam at basically the wizard DMV. But you don't actually have magic. Right. Okay, go. Like <laughs> That sounds fun as hell. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, the other thing is uh, there is a dice set that's coming out. I'm hoping it's going to be hitting uh, standard distribution at some point called Pixels. They're, I think I've heard about that. Yeah, they're LED dice. Each oh, phase, yeah, those are cool. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited for these. Uh, we we got five full sets. Well, we backed for five full sets. They're already sold. We're not getting them for a year, and customers went out of their way to be oh, like, wow. listen, like, listen, I will just give you the money now. Yeah. But, which also, uh, as a store operator, not a good idea to take money a year in advance. Yeah, for sure. Uh, check your state provisions on that. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's mostly it. Like, there's other stuff that I for stuff that I don't play that I'm really excited about. Uh, magic getting into non-magic IPs excites me. Not because I necessarily think it's great for the game, but because I want my Forgotten Realms cards. Um, I want my Warhammer 40k magic cards. Like, I wrote, I want Roboot Gullum in as a planeswalker. That's all I want in life right now. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Uh, yeah, it was nice to hear you're excited about Dune, and that's doing well. Because speaking as part of the uh, the team on that book, it's it's good to hear that people like it or are excited about it in advance, at least. Yeah, it well, Modifius always does a great job with uh, reaching out to the community as well. Uh, PDF getting retailers PDF copies to give to people in advance of the book is great, especially if there yeah. since there's a delay. Um, Man, that goes a long way. <laughs> oh yeah, there's there's a, a game shop exclusive uh, alternate cover too, isn't there? 
Yes, uh, House Carino. Carino, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I like how they did that. Uh, Carino, Carino went to game stores. They uh, kept Atreides direct, and they gave uh, mass market Harkonnen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a nice split. Yeah, they're cool. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing because this is the first time, you know, I've, I've worked on a, on a book and a, a game, and I want to get all the, the stupid – I'm spending money on the alternate covers because I love it so much, even though, you know, I get yep. my free, my free uh, contributor copy of the core book. But I'm like, but I want them all. Oh, I I do the same thing with products too. Yeah. It, it's bad. <laughs> I uh, There's actually – there is a there is a – I am going to give a shout-out to, to one um, – uh, one creator actually there's a uh a wonderful um dice crafter in portland uh cozy gamer uh they're absolutely fantastic um we buy their dice and mark them up with their permission um and uh i every time we order more dice from them i always order dice like for myself too yeah I'm looking at them now. These are these are these are cool dice. Uh, her, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw a link to these in the the show notes because these are rad. awesome. Uh, the the dice that she uh, yeah. So by the way, if you're in the Buffalo area, we're the only ones with these, so you should look at them. Um, but uh, otherwise, definitely order from her direct. Uh, the dice that she does with inclusions, uh, like yeah, the, the are... little the one of my favorites that I just that we just got is uh, it has a little 3D printed white swan in the dice. Oh wow! Got dice, with little bumbly bees in it. Like, yeah, these it's are fantastic. Little mushrooms. These, yeah, these are awesome. I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend too much money on this site. <laughs> <laughs> Super cool. Congrats, and I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Someone uh, uh, introduced me to the existence of Folio Society uh, a couple weeks ago, and I think I'm gonna have to block that website at the router. Oh no. Yeah, oh, by the way, if you're not familiar, don't don't look. Uh, right. it, yeah. It's so good. Uh, they they do um, they do limited run um, uh, prints of uh, existing books. So like for Dune. Oh, I know them. It. Yeah, I, I do know Folio <laughs> Society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the announcement of uh, with the announcement of the film, um, of course, those those books that yep, were I know like exactly five hundred bucks. About. Yeah, they're going on the secondary market for like two k now, and like sure. every day, I'm just staring at eBay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the money, but I want to. Yeah, for sure. Cool, Dan. Well, man, it's been great talking to you. Um, it's a really great perspective on, on game shops and game shops in the pandemic and hopefully the post-pandemic world. Um, but man, it was great to talk to you. Hopefully, you know, we'll see you at a convention or someone before too long. Oh, ho- here's open. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be fully vaccinated soon. Um, I, luckily, a large chunk of my... Um, community base is already vaccinated or getting vaccinated so that's great yeah get, get yeah. your shots everybody let's get back to gaming huh <laughs> yeah that's yeah <laughs> that's basically it like would you like to see other people safely please please do this yeah for sure cool well and again you know if you're out there and you're in the amherst new york area please go stop by iron buffalo games and say hi to dan and everybody else there and as soon as they're back open and running and get your your, your vaccine passport and all that stuff but uh hopefully before long we'll be uh we'll be seeing all this everybody in person yeah fingers crossed cool dan thanks again man great to talk to you <laughs> thanks simon take care Brush Builders Union is a community of like-minded miniatures gamers dedicated to playing their games fully painted and supporting one another in their craft. Brush Builders Union is here to help you stay on track with tools and a community of fellow painters to encourage you in your journey. Take the Union Pledge and learn more at brushbuildersunion.com. Mm-hmm.